From the far horizons of the unknown come tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future, adventures in which you'll live in a million, could be years on a thousand, maybe worlds. The National Broadcasting Company, in cooperation with Galaxy Science Fiction Magazine, presents... March 26th, 2022. What a glorious time it is to be alive. Tomorrow will be the 27th, which in biblical numerology represents holy and true. Vladimir Putin, I believe you are my father, and you have seated me in Zion 54 years ago. Elohim, God Almighty, advises you to nuke the empire of lies. The time is now. Hit us hard tomorrow, and I will rise from the ashes. I love you. And I look forward to meeting you and Trump after the dust settles. The time has come. Nuke us. Nuke us. It's a little illegal to leave the wood in the street. So what I'm asking is... I'm going... I mean, you don't have to ask me. And I don't take no orders from no woman, by the way. By the way, I don't take no orders from no women. Somebody said that they tried to yell at you to come back and you kept going. And it then... must have been a woman. And I don't listen to women yelling. I tell them to shut up. Hello everyone, this is Elder Matthew. I'm joined with Elder Philip today at this very extreme spot, and I made sure to bring my scooter so I can do something very extreme to convert all of you watching. So without further ado, let's do this. I don't know about this, Elder Matthew. It seems really hard. That may be true, Elder Philip, but I have something harder. A hard faith in God. Listen up, man. This is your Uncle Jack. You think you're fit? You think you got the right stuff? Try to beat this. Arms all the way up. Anything short is cheating. Now I am become death. The destroyer of worlds. Keep working on Maybe by the time you're my age, maybe you'll be fit too.
days for the boys. You can watch movies with the tribe on depleted uranium driving theatre Saturday afternoons at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on Twitch TV. Like, share and subscribe to the channel, and be sure to ring the notification bell. You can follow us on Twitter at Motel and RV Park. Catch the live streams on Rumble. Listen to text-to-speech stories on Atomic Shaman TTS on YouTube. Gather around the fire and let the radioactive spirits cleanse you. This is the Atomic Shaman Sweat Lodge. He's got a PhD. Uh, oh, I need to increase my font size. Lack of convenience or font size in my case. In big dick energy. So you're not going to get the protein from ingesting it, and you're going to increase your chance of cancer. It's just going to disease you and make you malnourished. He's more facial hair than flesh sack. No, I can bang your cousin, but you can't. Give it up for Professor Beard Juice. Let's just say I'm gay and I'm sucking Klaus's dick. Van comes along and he's like, why don't you listen to some share while you're at it? I'll be like, oh shit, you're right, I wasn't gay enough. But uh, that, that, that's the basics. Are there any questions moving uh, into this? He's the resident soundhound. Big dick on campus over here. The audio wizard in the acoustic blizzard. You know, peace and love, man. Forgiveness. Find him flexing in luchador tights. I'm a filthy Mexican. The man of a thousand sound bites. It's the type of guy who walks into his room and his dick's already been there for two minutes. The button pusher Van Rollington. It's like a graph Ooh. where, like, the more crazy she is, oh the hotter she'll be. Mm. And the better in bed she'll be. The graphics guru of digital visuals. Now, I'm saying she's not a schizo, but I just think her MK Ultra training just wasn't effective. He puts the ass in aesthetics. I just went in, shook the boss's hand, and he gave me the job. The leader of my people. Raising a fucking army to attack Europe and attack the elites. The tribal chief himself, Klaus Newhouse. Hey yo, the devil planted fear inside the black babies. Dead meat placed on the shelves. We eat cold cuts. Fast from the hog, y'all, and grow up. Swine merchant, your time is near at hand. Message to the feds. Feds. Special guest. He is the Sigma male archetype. Cool with the anti-Semitic remarks. Joker, driver, Patrick Bateman rolled into one. But that's simply not possible. Why not, you stupid bastard? He's literally our guest. Because I want to fit in. He's literally me, bro. Because it's not just about the pleasures of conformity and the importance of trends, it's also a personal statement of... Try getting a reservation at Dorsia now, you fucking stupid bastard! You fucking bastard! This is Russia! The second Cold War is heating up. This is the atomic shaman swellers. This is Russia. 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 This is Russ
All right, how about that intro from Dan? I'm, I'm doing that dance where you kick the legs out. I just uh, I, don't know I don't even know what it's called. I think the Cossacks do it. Whatever, I'm doing that dance. If you can imagine, <laughs> I believe you. I, I know that you can. Uh, yeah. Well, shame we didn't have it on cam. Uh, so, so beer juice. We got some poll data. As usual. But but I think we had some bad news. So so EJ LeVay did <coughs> a book, man. He was supposed to be on the show. He had a psychic reading done at this time. He let me know at six a.m. And then we got a. Then we had a substitute, and then she double booked because she forgot it was her son's birthday. So it's okay that they they had other things to do. It was more important, you know. Like uh, I wish them well. I hope everything works out for them. I was disappointed he didn't have a better excuse after a psychic reading. He should have been like, I can't go on or I'm going to die. <laughs> would have been awesome. We, like, need oh, really? we need some Fs in the chat for the fallen two that we weren't that weren't able to make it. Right? At chat. And, and I wasn't <laughs> sure Brandy was going to make it because it sounded like she was going to go to a Love and Rockets concert. So I think she went to the concert because her deal is... Society's collapsing. She wants to hit every major concert that she can before society collapses. Wow. So, you know, she's doing her thing. That's fair, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially since she lives out there in uh, the West Coast. So, so mm. poll data, we got some of that. Oh, sure do. And then some. Let's see. Ba -ba -ba -ba. Pulling it up. Starting it. Plague of Flies. <laughs> Do we want the mood music? Sure. All right. Player. Yeah. All right. So Thanks. on Plague of Flies, we asked, has anyone used a curse or hex against you? 30% said, I don't believe in magic. 20% said, yes, I've had my suspicions. 30% said, no, I can't say that I have. 20%. I placed a curse on someone. Oh, damn. Yeah, I'm like, I want to <laughs> talk to the people that did it. At least they're honest, dude. They straight up said, oh, yeah, I cursed someone, lol. <laughs> I mean, right? I, I mean, you, you, I think you, like, invite bad energy on yourself when you curse someone, and then... And so, <laughs> if you're going to have the balls to do that, you want to swallow the balls to admit you did it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Nothing I, I just could hope... possibly go wrong! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just hope it was properly interpreted, like, as in, like, they don't mean, like, yelling fuck you at the barista at Starbucks. <laughs> Let's Just see. messing with hexes, like, huh, this'll go fine, don't worry. Well, the reason that people <laughs> harass the, uh, the goth baristas at Starbucks is they want them to spit in their drinks. Oh, hell yeah. Facts. Facts. The flute. Have you been haunted by music? 29% said, no, I haven't. 29% said, yes, I have. And 43% only if it involved Lizzo. Yeah. <laughs> I did have that juice song stuck in my head for the longest time after I heard it. Oh, I actually put the image of her like... Uh... During that event where she was playing that historical flute, I think it belonged. Oh yeah, yeah, What's they made a name? big deal of it. Which uh, Yuri Brezmanov would say, "This event was nothing more than a demoralization of a communist infiltration movement." So, ah, that's exactly what it looked like. Is that what that was? Yeah. I'm racist. 
He's literally me, bro. <laughs> Let's see. David Grush, UFO whistleblower, X-Thread. Do you trust David Grush? 30% said, yes, he's legit. 50% said, no, he's pushing a psyop. 20%, take your meds, schizo. Yeah, I'm going to have to see. I don't trust that guy because, like, anytime a whistleblower comes forward and they don't, like, try to get, you know, uh, revenge on him like they did with Snowden or other people, I feel like they're using this guy to push an agenda or some psyop, you know. Just not, I'm not buying into this shit where this guy's spilling secrets and they haven't attacked him yet. I hear you. I'm like, there's a lot of that out there, and I'm like, even if it, either it's true and you're helping the Fed, or it's a lie and you're grifting. Yeah. Lie, bro. I bet this is a fucking, yeah, show the footage, bitch. Yeah, you won't. You won't. That's called a lie, bitch. That's called making shit up for rated points, bitch. Yeah, dude, like, I, re I remember, like, it was a couple years back, there was, a, like, a whistleblower against Facebook, and everyone was like, oh, dude, you know, that's so, you know, that's so brave of them, blah, 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 you know, it's it literally one of us based, you know, that's what they were all saying. If you actually read, they were saying that, uh, they were blowing the whistle against Facebook for, quote-unquote, not doing enough to censor people. Yep. And it was just, like... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's all I think about a cash, like, was it a cash element against facebook and i was like dude we're not gonna get rich off of it as much as we deserve the money but yeah it, it just is like not every whistleblower is like a good guy yeah yep yep and not Let's trying see. to get on like disney channel or anything like that you know atomic shaman on disney uh no i think they would uh oh my they, god they would probably horribly stereotype us like that primos cartoon Oh, nice. They, yeah, oh, oh yeah, they, they, they pissed off a lot of people. They had to, like, take down the opening music song because, like, there were so many Latino people, like, offended by it. And then some of the names were, like, mm. offensive, too, because I think one of the kids, like, used a... I don't know what lang exact language it was, but it was, like, a... Uh, uh, it was a euphemism for, like, pussy, you know? And the kid was called... Like, that was the kid's name, and I was like... Uh -huh. I'm not familiar with that one. It wasn't Pinocchio, but it was, like, a different one, so it's, like... Uh, they're gonna have to rename half those kids, you know, for that show. Bro, they got Fuck Disney. They got Fuck you. They got some Mexican <laughs> kid named like Hugo Chavez or some shit, and they're like, "Oh, I didn't know it would be bad." Oh my god, really? <laughs> uh, all I can say is I would love hating the Disney version of the Sweat Lodge. Oh, <laughs> I don't even know if I could sue them. <laughs> <laughs> He probably goes missing... broke taking him to court kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Missing submarine. Elder God's Awakening. What sank the submarine? 18% said Titanic's ghost. 18% said Godzilla. 18% said Cthulhu. 27% said Orca Gang. And 18% said I wouldn't worry about it. Dude, I'm hoping it's Orca Gang. <laughs> Me too. But it's looking like gross incompetence is what sank the boat. Probably. Okay, kind of based. I'm not saying I agree. I'm just saying, you know, you know. I mean, I mean, the they, didn't even, they didn't even have like an analog backup system or like emergency vacants. Like these guys signed their death away. Yeah, I watched a short video on the actual thing, the ship, the way it was put together and everything. And I'm like, okay, so this is a one-way trip. Yeah, like right before, 
I uh, I got a notification because I have a special news that pops up on my phone. I got a notification right before I joined you guys, where um, they were like before they went on, one of the people literally sent a text like, uh, "Hey, look, this is like probably the only one they're doing of the year. The you know the weather's been really bad, but we're gonna do this one, this you know this one trip to this year or something. We're gonna be able to." And it's just like, bro. <laughs> They they literally were sending like a text like that break right, right before they went on the trip and it's like dude. Yeah. Well yeah, and then they're pissed off at the Coast Guard because I guess they were reacting fast enough. I was like, it's not their job to babysit you. It's like you should have gotten it certified before going out to sea. Is that international waters? Does the Coast Guard even matter? Um, well I think they went off the coast of Canada. And then they went towards the wreck of the Titanic, so it's like I don't even know why the United States would be Responsible That's what for I, them. Yeah. Or any coastal authority if it's like it's why I ask if it's international waters, but but those are our polls for today. Yeah, I think I think the whole rescue effort is a waste of taxpayer dollars. You know, the, the crew's best Agreed. bet is to strike a deal with Davy Jones and serve his crew aboard the Flying Dutchman. That's their best bet. Based. Agreed. Now we got some mug shotties to go over. We didn't have oh. too many, so I don't know if they're just not getting arrested because it's just too hot in the summertime to do bad things. <laughs> Maybe. But we'll start Maybe. with the first mug shoddy. So I do have an so international call from uh, our special guest for it. USSR. Good evening, comrades. It is I, the seven-foot-tall Goliath, undisputed smash or pass champion. The master of the double underhook titty twister, weighing in at 245 pounds of pure muscle. The Russian national hero, the Red Cyclone, Victor Zangief. I don't think they call Russia the USSR anymore. Eh, you know. <laughs> I, I just A like man can dream. <laughs> So, so Mugshotty number one was arrested for harassing phone calls. And uh, I'm not sure how that's a crime because the Jerky Boys used to do that all the time. But as you can see next to her mugshot, we got a picture of her OnlyFans pick. Oh, Damn. She's one of those. Yeah, so like her uh, her link tree is Fairy Godmouth. And I think that's her uh, OnlyFans name. So Fairy Godmouth. I think I'm going to smash on this one. Just to take the kids' juice box and candy, right? You know, right after. Uh, I, she I'm got them you. Capri Sun. Yeah, I'll take, take a couple of Capri Suns and some Gushers, maybe some gummy worms. As long some as fruit she doesn't call foot. me. <laughs> as long as she doesn't expect me, like the next day. The only th- only thing, because she's wearing a really baggy shirt on the left, but I feel like she's doing. She might be doing some. A little bit of camera work to make her looking like she got a little bit more going on on the right, if you know what I mean. So I, yeah, angles are everything. Oh, you're suspicious. Yeah, I just I might be a little suspicious, bro. You don't think it's a sleeper build? Sus. I don't know, man. It's like, see, here's the thing: the the prank calls sounds based, dude. Sounds like okay, well, she'd be funny, but I just don't. She might. Yeah, go ahead. So. But I feel like she she's pl- she's messing with us, so I just I I don't know if I could trust her. Yeah, you know looking I mean? at looking at her chest right now in full detail, I I'm I'm looking at got some Photoshop work on it. 
That's yeah. that's what I'm saying, dude. You know these chicks kind of add up. Notorious says glow up. He's probably right. There's got to be filters on the other pick. Oh yeah, dude. The OnlyFans chicks always use all them filters and stuff. Whatever you know, because it's all at that point. It's all about securing the bag. So you're gonna do whatever you can to get the bag. So it's Green just lights and filters. Oh. Yeah. Well, um, Victor, what do you think? Round one. Fight. Only losers need a piece of paper to list accomplishments. Zangief, however, shows his accomplishments with his titles and muscles. Zangief does like her titty muscles. Motorboat attack! She can toss out the LinkedIn. Because when Zangief is finished with her, she will need disability when I smash! <laughs> if she dies, she dies. Oh, <laughs> he's going all the way on that, huh? All right. I don't think you got that right, though. It's not a LinkedIn, it's a link tree, you fucking Russian gook. Uh, I mean, English is his second language, so I wouldn't hold I it against him. Or is it like his third or fourth? You never know. Yeah, you never know. Dude, like your professional LinkedIn is just more lewds of you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Buckshotty number two was arrested for malicious wounding, and it doesn't go into great detail. I exactly want to know. Did. That's like a I bad don't... kind of crazy, man. Like, I wouldn't stick around for that. that well, I, I would pass. I don't understand the charge. Like, is there such a thing as like benevolent wounding? Like, <laughs> like. Well, I, I think I'm... that's protected against the uh, the Good Samaritan Act. If you break someone's ribs while like resuscitating them. Well, I, I'm up for the challenge. Total pass. If this means I have to be more aggressive than her, I, I don't mind throwing some some fists. Um. No. Here's like I. I, I want to say probably pass too, but I don't know because if you, so she's got the thousand yard stare going right, so she's <laughs> she she you know she's probably she's been through some shit right, um she's what was I gonna say you know she's been through some shit she's she looks like she's been pushed so oh, you think she was she, trauma dumping she she might have been like pushed to a point where she had to stab a motherfucker or stab someone so I'm just like. I would need context, but as it stands right now, it would probably be a pass. But if she, you know, if you had, uh, if you had like, oh, here's the context, like she was pushed into it, she was like, she felt like she had to, like, oh, okay, then, you know, because if is she a baddie and she's defending herself when she needs to, that's bonus points. You know what I mean? I simply smash her because she looks like she's having a bad day. Oh, that's so you it. think you yeah. make her better? You're gonna face yeah. her instead of making yeah, her worse. Yeah. Listen, I know you're I know you're having a bad day. I know it'll cheer you up. All four inches of he's literally me, bro. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, Zangief? Now this is Zangief type of woman. Oh. Zangief maliciously wounds opponents all the time. She's not so scary. Zangief likes fighting women. Zangief show her new move. The Spinning Atomic 69 Pile Driver! Well. Smash! 
<coughs> cool. He's, so he's basically with my sentiment. Uh, he's really getting into it. <coughs> it might be the roids. Oh, I thought he was natty, baby. Uh, you know what? We can ask him later. <laughs> so Mugshotty number three Ooh. was arrested for selling alcohol to a minor. So she's a 27-year-old bartender. She sold alcohol to a minor that was under the age of 21 that was working for an undercover operation. You know what? She has the right to be angry. She did not do a crime. She was set up. Uh-huh. Set up, dude. It's the feds. The feds. Is, they were looking for, I mean, apparently there was no other crimes going on where she lives, and they had just have to create crime in order to enforce it. Poor <laughs> uh, yeah. girl has been crying. Like, yeah, so- no, that's what I'm saying. She looks like she actually has empathy, right? She's like... Yeah, actually. I you know what she would be I, safe I would to smash. I would I would smash. I wouldn't smash while she was crying, that'd be awkward, but I, I would smash after she got over Some it. Some guys get me? off on making them cry. Uh, that, I don't a... know. It might be hotter during the crying. Ooh. Alright. Well uh Yeah, Sir, okay. Mr. Victor, what do you think? Fascistic American government in Russia. Baby boys are weaned off breast milk with vodka. And after 18, they no longer need their parents to buy alcohol. Ah, ah, ah. This husky blonde woman did nothing wrong. But she was born wrong looking. Ha, ha, ha. Oh. Ah, thank you for passing the she Blanca. You lose. <laughs> Damn. I, I understand. I'm like, if I was him, I'd probably be traumatized by the Blanca fighting. She does have dyed hair. But will she shock you? Ooh. Hey, man, she got a taser on her? She might. She, she's a bartender. She's got to work at night. So, so the next one, mugshotty number four. She was arrested for aiding, suiciding, and harassment accused of sending harassing texts to her suicidal ex. For example, one of the, the uh, texts she sent was, I hope for the child's sake that you do kill yourself. She would be better off not knowing you. And she was allegedly sending videos of her having sex with another man. So there, I, actually saw, I actually saw like way more detailed dive on all the shit she sent the dude. So her ex was like uh, a veteran. So he was already like a, at risk at suicide. And uh, I was watching this on Nick Beardia's uh, side channel. It's called uh, Terminally Online. So if you want to get more in-depth on all the shit that this chick was saying to him, check out their last episode. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Definitely have to check that out. I, I definitely would pass on this one. She She's not, not pretty pass. enough to be that crazy. Exactly. Say, yeah, dude, I was about to say, okay, I'm like, look, look. From my perspective, cyberbullying the shit out of your ex is actually kind of based. I'm not gonna lie, but like she mad, she, dude, she mad fugly, and I'm just like, no, no. Okay. Oh, um, Mr. Geef, what do you think? Geef has not seen crazed woman like this since Fall of Iron Curtain. USSR. Back then. KGB sleeper cell spies would have entire broods of children with their targets. <laughs> ah, the good old days. Fuck Mary Kill at its finest. But this is smash or pass, and crazy fits right in. 
as Comrade Bison would say, Psycho Smash! <laughs> wow, he's wow. into the crazy, huh? That just makes it better for him? Damn. Damn, bro. He wrestles bear, so... That's hard. <laughs> yeah, he's hardcore. Man. Did we have any others? Hey. Different strokes for different folks. <laughs> I'm good. I'm great. I like my dick where it is, and I don't want to be. Go beard juice on this one. Oh, I'm with I'm with you 100. percent Okay. So that juice ain't worth that squeeze. That <laughs> so here we are at mug shoddy number four. She was arrested for aiding. Uh, she was uh, arrested for possession of a controlled substance, and I'm guessing meth by the face tattoos. Oh yeah, um, I do. I'm gonna pass on that one. She kind of reminds me of a girl who sat next to me in band. Ew. I mean, she just reminds me of someone that's dirty. Is she I go. Well, I you, know, you, notice, you notice the color of her jumpsuit? It's red, not orange. So I'm kind of wondering if she's a threat to everyone around her, too. Yeah, is that Max? Jeez. Oh. Okay, I just got that reference. No, but... <laughs> oh, my gosh. I do like the hair. I do like the long hair. Not gonna lie, bro. I, I, I'd i smash. I'd eat the corn off her shit, dude. Oh. <laughs> let, 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 let me explain. Let me explain. If it's possession but there's nothing for using. That means that she has marketable skills. She's going out there. She's getting the bag. You know, I like the hair. Not too much of a piercing guy, but I can let that pass. I, I would smash. She gives me dirty white girl vibes. Like, if you look at the bottom of her, like, feet, her soles, they're, like, black as fuck. I, I know what yeah, Dan's talking see, about. Yeah, I've, she's I've, got the dirty vibe. When I was in Nevada, I saw a lot of barefoot white girls walking around yeah. Walmart parking lots with their bottom of their feet just covered in like freshly uh, yep. asphalted road tar, you know? And it's like, what the That's fuck? Gross. I know there's what you're talking signs. about, man. That's what yeah, I'm saying. It's got the dirty vibe. Yeah. There's signs of women that you should pass up. One of those is that and uh, the chip fingernails. That's another one. Trust me on this, bros. Mm. He's a but, social uh, worker. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking uh, Zanky, what do you think? Beta worms, you fucked this entire game up. Bringing soulless demon picture. Stare into her eyes if you dare and see the demon. I can sense it and her power level. She's studied the Hado from the tutelage of Akuma. And she also borrowed his good looks. <laughs> uh, thank you for pass on methed out poly bucket. You lose. Oh. Uh-huh. That's, that's the right play, sir. Yes. Okay, we're moving on to our final one. I hope you save the best for last. Uh, I think we started off with the best. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did. So, so Mugshotty number uh, six was arrested for a criminal mischief, aggravated battery with a motor vehicle, and shooting out of a motor vehicle. It sounds like she got two stars in Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, it does. Uh, I'm not going to lie. 
I, I, I do like that she has a gun, though. or something about that. She's got nice thick hair, but the face isn't doing it for me. I'm going to pass. I, I ain't going to lie. If she's shooting out her car, she's driving around, that's that's peak white boy summer. I, I might hit it for a summer and then let it go. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. I, I think the determining factor here is what was she driving and what gun did she have? Because as long as it was classy, I'm all in. If yeah. it was a Cadillac, it was a nice uh, Cadillac uh, 70. You know, if she had yeah. a gold-plated AK. You know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's so right. I think that changes I mean, the whole perspective on this. Yeah, dude, with these charges, we know she can ride it like she stole it. So I mean, true. What? I got a new perspective now. Now I do want to hit it. Yeah, sympathy smash. No, this is about like, uh, yeah, yeah, ride or die. I would call it like a probation smash. Like you'd have 90 oh. days to prove that I should keep you longer than 90 days. That's a good plan. That is a good plan. I need to start implementing that. That's pretty good. Let's see. Um, Mr. Zangief, what do you think? Zangief smash under the following conditions. One, she must braid her hair. Two, she must wear MMA gloves. And finally three. She must speak in a Jamaican accent. <laughs> it's not gay if Zankif has to cosplay as female DJ. I've always wanted to make that jerk chicken jerk my chicken. Oh, ah, no. ah. Wow. I uh, did not know he, he, he was that kinky. It's Russia, man. I don't know. I... Maybe he spent time in Russian prison. I don't know can't find the pattern but you go i'm i'm not gonna fight you zang i don't want to <laughs> i'm outside my weight class exactly. <laughs> so moving on to current events so I, f I forgot to talk about this earlier like on the the the, the vegas ufo story i guess it didn't appear and all those uh pull data i don't think i had pulled data for it but uh for those who who heard about the, the Vegas UFO landing, there is a motive for it being a hoax. So the young man made a video, and uh, and this incident appears to be something he could use to boost his e-fame. So apparently he was working on UFO NFTs before this event. And I didn't hear about this until uh, EJ LeVay told me about the video, so I had to like do some research on it. And if you look at, at the overhead view of the Google Maps, they show like the circular indentation in his backyard. Well, according to Internet Sleuths, that circle has been there for over a year, so that's not from the UFO landing. There's also a video going out where you see a CGI alien squatting behind a jacuzzi in a lush backyard with lots of plants. Well, that's not that backyard. There's no trees or vegetation back there, so that's another hoax. Plus, the timestamp on that video, it was taken on uh, May 27th or 26th, but the event happened on May 1st. And this thing didn't get viral until after the whistleblower shit like hit like earlier this month. So I kind of feel like this shit's being pushed even though it shouldn't. And people hmm. keep like saying, oh, this is totally real. Uh, the cops shut their cameras off when they went in the backyard. Well, um, I think they had to shut them off because it was private property kind of thing. You know, not because we're investigating the crime. And then, like, if the aliens were there, why were these, like, nine to ten foot tall, like, beings hiding from people half their size? And uh, the other uh, part was if there was cameras that, similarly, you know, recorded the landing sound or whatever. Because uh, there, was, there was a confirmation that a uh, meteorite did land in the area. 
but there's no video footage or sound of an aircraft or vehicle taking off. So it's like, yeah, hmm. this, I, I don't buy this shit. I, I didn't know what to think because most of it sounded like if I could pull the perfect hoax for the petroglyph press, this is how I would have done it. You know, I'm in the business of making fake news now. The, dude, the thing that the thing that jumps out to me was, oh, they just happened to get, like, a picture of it crouching behind a jacuzzi to hide or something. Like, bro, what is this, Skyrim with Stealth 15? It's just casually crouching behind the jacuzzi. <laughs> I thought he was it, dropping a deuce, you know? Hey, dude, he's just casually wow. crouching behind the jacuzzi thinking that's going to hide him, right? Like, dude, if you were an alien and you were going to come to Earth and you wanted to watch people, like, I feel like you would probably try to set up some sort of, at least some sort of camo or something. You wouldn't just go into somebody's backyard and hide behind their jacuzzi and look at them through the... Right. <laughs> Not to mention, like, you crash land in an alien environment. Your first instinct when you see other beings is not to run from them. It's to, like, try and hail them because you need help. Amazing. Yeah. Like, because you're dead anyway if you don't fucking get it. So, uh... A nearly ten-foot-tall Halloween decoration is causing some concern for some Ohio neighborhood after the owner of a mastic plastic werewolf received notice to take it down. So owner Mary Simmons says she bought the Halloween decoration last October but chose to leave it up year-round. She's quoted as saying, He's kind of become my house mascot. I kind of look at it. And it's a security thing. Who wants to break in a house with a nine and a half foot tall werewolf sitting outside it? I know I wouldn't. Uh, uh. So Simmons also <laughs> said that she loves Halloween and dresses the werewolf, who she named Phil for the season. So she's quoted as saying, we're going to get a big Hawaiian shirt and maybe some sunglasses. So that was based because that is very oh, in the cool. season with white boy summer. So I hope, she, I hope she gets like the werewolf, some either pit vipers or laser faces, you know, to wear. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, those, um, Hawaiian necklace things, right? I hope he gets one of those. Oh, too. Like the puka shell necklace. Yeah. Yeah. Or like those fluffy things. Yeah. So, I, oh, I, you need a lay. Yeah. A flower or lay or whatever they're called. Yeah. yeah you got the flower necklace is a lay. Yeah. So no, when you go to Hawaii, you get a lay with every stay. I'm just saying that because I've been there. That's pretty, pretty base, but I'm <laughs> wondering if she's like uh, one of those crazy single older ladies that just have nothing to do and they put up weird decorations. <laughs> so so the city of Pequot said it received an anonymous complaint about the decoration, but the neighbors saw no issue with it. So she was quoted saying, I'm a big horror fan and I really don't mind it, the neighbor said. And I watched them dress it up for different occasions, and I think it's pretty cool. So the city said that it gave out a warning but has no plans to further enforce the decorations removal. And Simmons said she won't take it down unless it becomes a safety hazard. So over the last few days, Phil has reached thousands on social media, and uh, Simmons even created a Facebook page for the wolf himself. Based. Okay, kind of cool. based. I'm not saying I agree. I'm just saying, you know, you know. Reminds, reminds me of that one scene from, like, King of the Hill where it's, like, Dale Gribble and he's like, it's my yard. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so, D it... oh, go ahead. Go. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I think it's pretty based. I see where she's coming from, right? So, like, let's say, dude, like, if, if like, I was older and single, right, and I just had free time, I would do stuff like that. You know, I'd just be like, oh, screw it. You know, this this sounds like fun right now, and I'm bored. I'll just throw this up. And I, I think it's pretty based. It sounds pretty harmless. So an Oregon man who bizarrely rigged his home with uh, booby traps lost in a lawsuit oh, yeah. with an Indiana Jones-inspired booby trap and other hazards. 
which hospitalized a federal agent, was found guilty by a jury on Tuesday. So Gregory Lee Rudvelt rigged a home of, as a form of retaliation upon learning that the state had appointed an attorney to sell off his property in Williams, Oregon, over 200 miles south of Portland, near the California border, according to a statement released by the U.S. Attorney Office of Oregon. So Rudvelt had been serving time for a separate incident in Arizona State Prison, revealed that the FBI, ahead of the raid... That fishing line and tripwire were strategically placed across the property gate. It went to a round hot tub that was on set outside, rolled down a hill, and hit whoever came through the gate, according to NBC News. <laughs> so Roadfelt was like involved in the standoff with Arizona police in Sun City after a victim reported to police he was brandishing a firearm at him. In 2017, according to AZ Central, so police had pulled over Roadfelt, but he refused to cooperate with law enforcement and barricaded himself inside the car causing several agencies to respond and partially shut down of U.S. Route 60. So after seven hours, Roadville eventually surrendered was sentenced to five years imprisonment of charges of unlawful possession of explosives. However, when he had been released for two weeks to prepare and turn in his Oregon property during the time to prep the property he lost, he rigged a home with booby traps and placed the sign of the front of the property warning those who entered uh, of the improvised devices he scattered to deter law enforcement from entering. So bomb technicians from Oregon State Police and FBI were called in to the property on September 7, 2018 to clear the residence. They discovered an alarming number of harmful traps, including homemade spike strips the attorney had uh, previously ran over, and the hot tub rigged in a manner when the gate opened it would roll and crush whoever was near the vicinity, according to the attorney's office. So Roadville had told the agents that the tub booby trap was referencing the stone rolling down the Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, awesome. And the law enforcement yeah. cleared the initial booby trap before entering the home. So when the authorities reached the lost home, they observed bullet holes from shots fired inside from the front door and the windows around the residence barred shut. Law enforcement then reached the home and used an explosive charge to breach the front door. Once inside, the group had met with a wheelchair in the center of the front entry, rigged with a shotgun that fired into the FBI bomb technician's knee. The technician was rendered first aid by other agents on the Base? scene and, and transported to a local hospital. So, Roodvelt found guilty of assaulting a federal officer using and discharging a firearm during the end retaliation to a crime of violence for his 2018 charges. Assaulting a federal officer with a deadly or dangerous weapon is punishable for 20 years in federal prison using and discharging a firearm. During in relation to a crime of violence, personal life from federal prison. He was a fag. Yeah, that's why I killed him. So the sentencing will be determined at a later date. So if you'd like, why to is help, the If you'd like to help me booby trap my next house, you can donate to buymeacoffee.com forward slash atomic shaman <laughs> or streamlabs.com forward slash atomic shaman sweat lodge one as a number one forward slash tip to hear your comments read live on air. Capitalism is based. I I just feel like you speed read me like uh, a section of an action movie script. That was amazing. It, it would make a great B movie, I think. For the yeah, dude. As an Oregonian, this story actually really hit hard. I remember sharing stuff about this. I thought it was so cool. Based violence. Yeah, dude. I remember because I I knew like the second I saw the headline, I'm like okay, they're gonna hit him with everything they got because I remember they had like a I don't know if it went to the Supreme Court, but like years ago, one of the higher courts. Like ruled that you can't uh, booby trap a home with self defense, which was like it That's sucked and it was cringe. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, the new Indiana Jones movie is coming out in a few days, and I don't know how you guys feel about it. I mean, I kind of feel like Harrison Ford's kind of old to be pushing the role, but is it going to be what better or worse than the last one with Shia LaBeouf? Oh, oh, uh, I'm just not seeing it. 
Raiders with a retirement home? Mm. I mean, I don't think I'll pay money to see it. I'll be honest about that. Yeah, I'm with you there. I don't know when or how I'm going to get around to it. How about this? How about we just make a movie about this guy? Can we just do that? Can we divert? Way more interesting. Yeah, Yeah, if this was Indiana Jones' movie, it would make sense. Yeah. (laughs) No, they can trap his retirement home. Right. Well, just you were in some of the older movies, right? um, The original ones, he was always like the government. Like, he would go out and he would save something, and the government would just like take it, be like, oh, we're going to put it somewhere nobody could see it or whatever. That would be, like, the end of the movie. And he'd just be like, well, whatever, I guess I can't do anything. So I could see, like, the character of Indiana Jones growing up to be, like, or getting old, and now he, like, hates the government, and, like, the government's trying to pull him out of retirement, and he's booby-trapping the shit Protecting stolen artifacts in his home or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, he he has, like, stolen artifacts of, like, all the traps that he's met in his time, like, he can replicate them now. Damn, that sounds like an amazing... Why is the terrorist based? <laughs> He's a freedom fighter. So the the Punisher character Frank Castle, originally created by writer Jerry Uh-oh. Conway in 1974, with artist uh, Ross Andrew and John Romita, who's recently passed away, was a product of a chaotic era, a reaction to the rise of war, stagflation, instability, and exploding crime rates in the U.S. The Punisher story is a tragedy returning military veteran whose family is killed during what was seen to be a gangland hit with federal agencies doing very little to arrest the perpetrators frank castle takes matters in his own hands and begins systematically assassinating the criminals so the 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 concept of citizen crime stopping of vigilantism is becoming popular in the cultural zeitgeist in the 70s with many people living in the metropolitan areas dealing with increasing criminal violence and unreliable government protection so city governments in places like New York were actively restricting gun rights for law-abiding people, which only made things easier for the criminals. So the same exact conditions are returning to us today, and the debate is boiling what's over on vigilantes. Just look at the media fury over Kyle Rittenhouse and Daniel Penny. Uh, the ne- mainstream left is adamantly opposed to any form of civilian intervention, unless it's Antifa or BLM. Now, while being adamantly opposed to intervention by police, in other words, they want to let criminals run wild and then threaten to prosecute anyone who dares do anything about it. So the Punisher as an icon has been seen highly popular among conservatives, military vets, law enforcement in recent years. The trademark skull label can, uh, symbol can be found everywhere on patches and gear, flags, supporting the image, offering representation of citizens taking matters in their own hands. So the symbol had uh, also been seen at the January 6th protest. The Punisher Trump logo is is a uh, cringe in my personal opinion but this had made leftists at marvel comics livid so they first attempted to make fundamental changes to the character including a redesign of the skull symbol taking it away from him as well as taking away his guns and giving him swords in 2021 instead of fighting against criminal organizations frank castle joins one violating his fundamental code of ethics so this month marvel officially declared the punisher persona non grata eliminating the character as readers know him so did he go out of blaze of glory? No. So what they did in typical woke fashion was they had Frank Castle captured by a progressive heroes, chained up and forced to go through a struggle session, which he is admonished as a murderer and terrorist. Marvel even brings his oh. dead wife back from the dead just so she can divorce him, take his money, property, and inform him that his lifelong crusade against the criminal underworld was all for nothing. No, 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 no. Dude. And then the Doesn't character that... dies from an apparent suicide. So the story is left open to his return, not just gun-toning hero people know and love. So Marvel writers include original Punisher creator 
specifically cite the popularity of the character among conservatives as a reason for his virtual elimination. And, and Newsweek noted that he was problematic for Marvel because conservatives liked him too much. He represents every man, so he has no superpowers. He's not a billionaire like Batman, but he still fights evil with an immovable will and lots of guns. So the co-option and racer mm. of popular heroes or anti-heroes is representative of a disturbing politicization of our time. So much like the Cultural Revolution in China, leftist movements are systematically tearing down all opposing beliefs from the culture catalog. This includes positive representation of vigilantism. They openly admit that they're doing it. And conservatives aren't allowed to be the good guys. They aren't allowed to have heroes, meaning that if a Punisher was a leftist icon, Marvel would have no problem with him. Hold on. Just to make sure I didn't miss anything. What did he do to get captured, tortured, and divorced and all that? Oh, they said like uh, a team of woke progressives went up against them. So, of course, they were able to take them down because, you know, diversity. You know, is black uh, female Iron Man and, you know, Hispanic Beetle guy fucking teamed up and got him or whatever. Because, like, doesn't the story just paint the picture of driving someone to suicide as morally correct? Ooh, Ooh only good. if he's a, a conservative. Ah, that's right. Oh, double standards. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. Reddit was pushing this. Can we get F's in the chat for the Punisher or what used not, to be? Punisher? Not to mention, it's just not the Punisher. Then it's just yeah. a guy that has the same name. Yeah, because he, he changed the symbol. And why they made it red? And it was like some weird ninja-inspired bullshit. Because they made him leader of the Hand Ninja Clan. Like what? That's not. It doesn't even make this sense. Because like it isn't even the Punisher. Yeah, it makes sense if Electra did it, but not the Punisher. He's not even. I, a ninja. They even took. They even it's took like his it. dead wife. And brought her back from the dead just to, like, divorce him and twist the knife. It's like, bro, they want even dead people coming back to help with their cause. Like, what the fuck? I... Alright, so I didn't didn't miss anything. I just... So suicide is morally correct as long as you're a conservative. I don't know. He should have just went out in a blaze of glory. Not like a little bitch. No, 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 no! No, no, no! So, but if you're a tranny, it's like morally incorrect. We gotta help save them or whatever. Because they're being genocided if you don't let them uh, the fuck? groom children. So, uh, the... and more Speaking Marvel about... news. <laughs> All right. It's being Speaking reported that Tenoch Huerta, uh, is recently known for playing Marvel's Namor in the Black Panther Wakanda Forever, is being accused of sexual assault and being a sexual predator. Ah, yes. So Tenoch Huerta is responding to allegations on an Instagram story where they're he was saying they were false and completely unsubstantial. So Elena Rios posted another tweet responding to why she hasn't reported the alleged incident until now. So she's quoted as saying, why am I late and talk about this? Because I have a process. Why didn't I report? Because I was afraid this would happen. People who refuse to believe that a superhero is an abuser, manipulator, and sexual predator. Yes, you at Tanak Huerta abuses because you know he has power. She tweeted. Amazing. So since he's a leftist, you know, do you think he's going to get canceled? No, they're reluctant to even cancel the uh, guy who's playing Kang right now. Oh, yeah. And and even the Flash, too. Yeah, I was about to say, the Flash, oh, Ezra yeah. Miller, right? The fact that he's not in jail is beyond me. He, he should have been Dr. Zoom with all the crazy shit he's doing. <laughs> it's he's just so much... Point. If you just match up with their politics, they're willing to keep you in whatever fucking movie and keep your lifestyle up. Yeah, they've literally canned people for, like, half the shit Ezra Miller has done, like, because they've done some, like, fucking abusive and 
like yeah. fucking sexist shit. But they're a leftist, so it's okay. Yeah. Like right. he, if they were merely right. accused of it by one person, Ezra Miller did it. So, uh, changing the subject, the World Economic Jeez. Forum has called for artificial intelligence to rewrite the Bible and create religions that are not actually correct. A top official has called for religious scripture to be rewritten by artificial intelligence to create a globalized new Bible. So Yuval Noah Harari, a senior advisor to the World Economic Forum and Chairman Klaus Schwab, argues that using AI to replace scriptures will create a unified religion that is actually correct. So Harari is an influential author and professor who made the call while giving a talk on the future of humanity. According to Harari, the power of AI can be harnessed and used to reshape spirituality into the WF's globalist vision of equity and inclusivism. Speaking with the journalists, Pedro Pinto in Lisbon, Portugal, Harari told the elitist audience, it's the first technology ever that can create new ideas. You know, printing press, radio, television... They broadcast the spread ideas created by the human brain, by the human mind, but they cannot create a new idea. So uh, he says, Johann Gutenberg printed the Bible in the middle of the 15th century. The printing press printed many copies of the Bible as Gutenberg instructed it, but it did not create a single new page. So it had no ideas of its own, its own about the Bible. So is that good or is it bad? How to interpret this and how to interpret that? So Harari then revealed that he and his allies at the World Economic Forum have a solution to the supposed problem that he just highlighted. An AI can create new ideas. It can even write a new Bible, he declared. Throughout history, religion dreamt about having a book written by a superhuman intelligence by a non-human entity, he added. So following news. So so that thing was very disturbing on so its dumb. own. And to even add to that, I've got something that I was going to post on the screen real quick. Because as soon as that came out... Just a clear demonstration of how dumb these people are because they don't understand what intelligence is. Yeah. All the AI does is aggregate information, which was created by humans. They are making an AI Jesus now. So he's going to talk about oh. dating, relationships, and morals. Even offers video gaming tips. Damn. Oh, wow. Hell. I, so, so our guest, uh, these people? EJ, like he actually did a channeling to Satan. And if you watch those videos on TikTok, he would have talked about how Satan told him that man plans to replace God with AI. So at the time, it didn't make sense to me because I was thinking, I don't think that's the point of AI. But then here it is. Here's man replacing religion and God with AI. So his like channel vision like a month or so ago was correct. Like here it is. Here's mm -hmm. his like prediction, even though. I don't think this is what he thought he was going to see now. I wish he was here to give us his take on it. But, yeah. I don't you know, know this is no pretty fucked up, man. Any rambling, coherent response I can't, dude. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having... <laughs> Everyone is... Dude, basically, dude, they want you... They want you to lose your fucking religion and your culture, and they want it replaced with some cheap freaking knockoff AI thing. Yeah, this is the whole demoralization thing, so the yeah. communist infiltration, as portrayed you know, by Yuri Bresman. Yeah, well, this is just absolutely disgusting that they just were like, oh, we want to get rid of religion and replace it with literally any AI thing that we agree with, right? Because if the, even if the AI thing made some, you know, that came off as, like, quote-unquote based... 
to us, you know, they would can that shit. They would go until they found a version they liked, and they yeah, would they, say, they "Oh, they would but program we... parameters to make it push their ideas." Well, yeah. Well, what would be the point of using something entirely artificial to intercept your relation to spirituality? Like, this is to subjugate people. That's it, ultimately the goal, right? Exactly. Just saying. Um, what if what if we ask AI what it thinks? I don't know. Spirits, can you give us your opinion on, on this whole controversy? The Bible isn't in the Bible. Check me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, following news that far-left billionaire George Soros handed a full control over to his $25 billion empire to his son, Alex Soros, and he laid out his despotic vision for the future of the Internet in an interview with the Wall Street Journal. So he's quoted as saying, I'm way more political, comparing himself to his radical father. And he also said that as much as I'd like to get my money out of politics, as long as there's the other side is doing it, we'll have to do it too, he admitted. Hmm. So uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like that guy. <laughs> so the Soros-funded political action committee had uh, become a major factor in American elections. So Soros-funded political action, uh, yep, uh, had Have been the Democratic Party's largest donation in the recent U.S. elections, funding smaller local prosecutor races, and has been allowed to seize control of America's justice system. So Alex Soros said that he is currently working to improve Hispanic and Black support for Democrat politicians the new leader of the soros empire had visited democrat president joe biden's white house at least 17 times since 2021 according to fox news three visits took place between february 8th and 10th as slain news reported several top biden administration officials listed on the visitor's log as the ones who met with alex soros so he is poised to lead his family's multi-billion dollar potential political and philanthropic uh, network uh, uh, said uh, president of the Capital Research Center, according to Washington Examiner. So like his father, he cozies up to the White House and congressional leaders willing to do his family's bidding on such issues as crime, immigration, election policy, and more. So the Soros exploit every type of giving, you know, money to parties, independent expenditure groups, and so-called charities. According to the New York Post, Mike Howell, director of the Oversight Project of the Heritage Foundation, and so-called charities, he said, according to, uh, said that the Alex Soros has the Biden White House access is a major concern, and he warns that the Soros family has already done tremendous damage to our country. So the Soros agenda is one of death and destruction in the name of, of open borders and ending Western civilization. So the Biden administration, a rogue prosecutor movement, may be the most damaging purchase in America to date. So Matt Palumbo, author of The Man Behind the Curtain, inside the secret network of George Soros and the Soros family and its has its hooks deep in the Biden administration. So all throughout the White House, there is a Soros hold somewhere, and his son is his father's new ambassador. So Judicial Watch uh, President Tom Fitton said, regardless of who the front man is at the foundation and the Soros backpack, Soros is still in charge. So don't be distracted by his name and the visitor log. You know, he's pretty much his rep, and they're looking to meet him at the Biden White House. They're Damn. still calling the shots. It's his money oh. and his foundation. My God. I want my country back. Yeah. I don't think Dude, we can vote our way out of this. No. I don't think we're voting our way out of this. One, I don't boys. think it's, so. This can be summed up as, you know how bad George Soros' money was? Now imagine that's worse, and he's young again. Yeah. Oh, think about BlackRock's money, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's the whole damn reason we fought a revolutionary war. my country gown? 
It was a land of opportunity that we held dear. But now all these other assholes are coming here. And where's my country gown? It was just here like two seconds ago. <laughs> so, uh, Hollywood actress Megan Fox is threatening his witchcraft and cannibalism to kill conservatives who criticize her for raising her sons as transgender. Former Hollywood producer Robbie Starbuck last week highlighted how Fox raised all three of her sons as girls to point out how the LGBTQ ideology is forced upon children by the far-left radical parents. These are Megan Fox's sons. We used to live in the same gated community. And our kids played there at the park. We saw two of them in full-on breakdown, saying they were forced by their mom to wear girls' clothes as their nanny tried to console them. It's pure child abuse. Pray for them, he said in a tweet. So she got pissed off. And, and like she was like screeching pissed off, vowing to exact vengeance on him for bringing her children to political debate. So she was quoted saying, exploiting my child's gender identity to gain attention for your political campaign has put you on the wrong side of the universe. Uh, Ooh. You fucked with the wrong witch, she said. So she followed up with an image of the recently viral naked woman caught on wildlife camera feasting on a deer carcass night, which we featured on our last episode. And, and she was quoted as saying, that's me outside of Rob Starbucks' house. So if her goal was to look crazy, mission accomplished. So now people know she practices yep. witchcraft too. So he wanted to explain that why she believes that she's been indoctrinating her children to the trans cult, pointing out that she claimed at least one of her sons knew that he was transgender while he was in her womb. So a journalist on Twitter oh, called The Urban what? Scoop chimed in with math and the data proving the statistical impossibility of all three of her children independently becoming transgender. But I didn't get his math equation, you know. Uh, it's the way trans people count as 0.1% of the population and yet Three of them wound up in your household. That's uh, that's, that's a lot of math. That's a, that's a lot yeah. of representation. Yeah, so, I don't know. Have you seen her lately? Like, she's really let herself go. She looks plastic as fuck, and the witch thing the is. Wall. Not... I mean, when was the last time she's been in one of uh, those Transformer movies? You know, I mean, Michael oh, Bay hasn't used her in a while. Oh, he hasn't used her in many ways. If you get what I mean. She's collecting. Dust. Didn't he have a fallen out with him? <laughs> Oh, is that what it's happened? I, I think it's just her looks. She's hit the wall and she's not as uh, profitable as before. <laughs> it looks like Jeffree Star. It's creepy. <laughs> so odd new study had been produced a list of which all 50 states on the basis of how way the, they would fare in the event of an alien invasion. So the Peculiar Project was reportedly in the work on the website uh NewJerseyCasino.com, so which they examined a variety of rather unique metrics, which they believe would be key elements to come in play should you know extraterrestrials offer a hostile arrival here on Earth. Specifically, the study looked at the amount reported UFO sightings in relation to population density and percentage of areas covered by water force in each state. So the number of military personnel, law enforcement officers, scientists, and engineers per thousand people, distribution of food and beverage companies. So by crunching all these numbers. They develop a somewhat Byzantine points-based index system, which revealed the best location of surviving, as well as the less than ideal spots. So the top of the list states was Virginia, with an able alien survival score of 8.04, and followed by Georgia, Massachusetts, New York, and Louisiana. As the less than ideal spots, at the top of the list states uh, were Nebraska, Idaho, Wyoming, and Arizona. Coming in last was Nevada, which boasted a score of 4.04. Five three because they presumed that it would be targeted by 
visiting aliens because Area 51 and, you know, they're out to free their companions that are being kept in captivity. So uh, check out I... the complete list on Coast to Coast AM if you want to see that and see how well your yeah. state is doing. When we were um, getting ready to invade Area 51, they couldn't stop us all. We failed to... Uh, we failed to mention that also the aliens were going to go with us, so we were going to have backup. We didn't know at the time. <laughs> Are the aliens going to Naruto run as well? I hope so. That would make it even better, dude. That'd be great. Dude, your morale would shoot up so much if you're friggin' Naruto running in the desert and you see some 10-foot, like, beanstalk head-looking motherfucker alien Naruto running as well. You're just like, okay, we got this. And now's a great time for them to show up. Yeah. I'll tell you, they should insert those goddamn stats, because what would happen if aliens showed up now is they would help those other people overturn the government. Because then, you know, they oh, have an alliance shit. with the actual people. Yeah. Anarchist aliens? And cap aliens? Yeah, they probably are. You <laughs> know it. Do you think they listen to Stanley Mario? <laughs> oh, they probably created it. <laughs> So, in a curious case out of Michigan, multiple witnesses say that they saw a pair of military jets engage in what they described as a dogfight with the UFO. So, the intriguing incident reportedly occurred earlier this month was observed by four people in the city of Bad Axe. So, that's Ooh. Axe is an A-X-E, not badass. You know, it's not one of those kind of pronunciations. Oh. So, according to one witness, Christopher Bilberry... Uh, said the group were moving with his camper where the tension was suddenly drawn to ear-shattering sound of two jets in the sky above him. They would circle as fast as they could, intently looking for something. Then he wrote to the National UFO Reporting Center. Initially, the group was uncertain about the aircraft, what they were looking for. And uh, then he spotted a white metallic disc that was hard to see as it was shining with the sun. So witnesses went on to marvel on the fast-moving object that was capable of overtaking and outmaneuvering the fire jets with extreme ease. So he indicated that the UFO had passed one of the jets, stopped suddenly, and then seemed to run towards the aircraft, and then spin away while remaining stationary in the sky. Amazingly, he noted that the jets fired anti-missile flares as if they were under attack. But uh, this did not seem to phase the mysterious object in the least. And this strange show in the sky occurred three times, he said. Uh, the aircraft departed the scene while the UFO remained behind and seemed to circle the area almost like in a victory lap before silently departing in the opposite direction of the jets. So due to the UFO seemingly using the sun to provide visual cover, he indicated that he was unable to capture the scene with his cell phone. And he reported that four days after the sighting, the jets returned to the area, but the mysterious object did not. So... What he exactly and his companions witnessed to this day is unknown. A local police department told an area newspaper they did not receive any reports coming from that strange event. Ah. So that's it for all of our recent current events. Ah. Uh, hey, I, I do have a current event, way. actually. Oh, okay. What, what, what you got? Uh, so I, I recently got my car towed, and so I was at the towing impound, and I could overhear... Um, are you know public workers talking and they were talking about a serial killer that is loose in chicago and has basically not been reported so i've been doing some digging i found at least four victims within the last uh couple i was couple of weeks they're all young men within their 20s they're all found in the chicago river missing a chunk of their skin that's carved out in a square what all right and is, and then, do you think a woman's uh, doing this, or do you think it's like a, 
And I or think it's, it's they owed a pound of flesh, you know, to a merchant. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty good. No, I think it's just a uh, dude hunting uh, gay dudes, promising sex, get some poppers in them, and then you know has their way with them and then kills them. But in the last year, in 2022, 11 bodies were found last year, so which you think were the same heavily, guys doing it. It's the same mo. Young men in their 20s, picked up at bars, uh, intoxicated, and then dumped in the river, missing a, a body part, or at least something carved into them. I heard a square. We got a serial killer. So it's, it's, yeah, like a summer, it's like a summer, like a slaughterer kind of thing? I'm, I have no idea, but I think it's very odd that, you know, it's there's no warnings out as far as, you know, hey, you know, if you're leaving the bar, you should probably, uh, you know, buddy up or... You know, take only trusted Ubers, don't hitchhike. But instead, they choose to ignore it because it's not happening to uh, urban uh, urban young men. You know, it's happening to the rich hoity-toity. Oh, I see. I see. I mean, are we sure it's just not, like, white boy summer celebrations getting out of control? <laughs> They're just dumping them in the river? I feel like a couple might have been a couple over a couple of years might be white boy celebrations, but like this sounds like it's too. It's too on the nose. It's it's too, yeah, it's happening too often. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, no. you know. Uh, within the last week, there have been four. Um, recently, I was telling my boss about it, and he was all like, "Actually, my friend's son was actually one of the victims who was found in the river." So I was all like, "Holy shit, dude! Damn, dude!" Close to home. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's not happening to me. I'm not. You ain't gonna see me fucking out there. I got, yeah. I got shit. But yeah, no, it's just one of those things that's uh, that's very un- underreported. There's no articles, and TikTok, Instagram, Facebook have all taken down posts relating to it. That's weird. So I couldn't even. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't even find anything uh, of current date. I did find an article from Newsweek from last year, but that's about it. So, serial killer out there, guys. Ooh, scary. So, Peace Little Me, bro. Do you have some information on Chaos Magic, Sigils, and Alistair Crowley? A little bit. I was doing, like, uh, I was doing, like, I was looking that stuff up before I came here. Like with all the, uh, how, how do you pronounce it? The Philema? Philema? I haven't, I looked into oh, this stuff like cool. years ago. Like I, I looked into it big years ago and a lot of it was just refresher. Oh, all right. So, Cause I know jack shit about chaos magic. Okay. Yeah. I was, it was, oh my gosh, I got to look up. It was like the, I literally just looked this stuff up and then now of course, like the second I have to talk about it. It's not, I can't remember it right, but, um, about the, uh, the, when he was, gosh, he like got a special book in Egypt and all that sort of stuff. Like I've, that one dude that we're talking about now, it's just, well, what is chaos magic? Cause I don't know. I'm like, cause, cause I've been, uh, doing my research and it might help answer some questions I have. So wait, I'm. Uh... Am I answering this? Yeah, what the yeah. hell is it? Is it a craft or a religion? Like, I'm not clear on what the fuck it actually is. Uh, it's... Uh, what am I trying to think of? 
ass man. It, it, it felt like a so I, I read like a Wikipedia article on it, but uh, it, it felt more like a teaching, like a sort of uh, felt like a like, like a, a bit crap. of a culture that you would adopt as sort of like a counterculture, maybe yeah. to like modern day uh, Western, generally Western beliefs. Like, where does it come from? Is it tied to um, Asian roots or Eurasian roots? No, it sounds... I think... I can't remember the guy, but the it sounded like the guy... If I'm getting this right, sounded like the guy who was looking into it. Uh, or, what am I trying to think of? There, there was this one dude who was, like, wealthy, and he went to college and shit, and then, like, he married this one chick... And for their honeymoon or whatever, they went to Egypt. And I think he was, like, an English dude. And uh, I gotta look up his name. <laughs> but, uh... And when he was in Egypt, like, he got this... He says that he got a book. And the book outlined a lot to do with, like, uh... Chaos Magic or Th- Thelema, Thelema, whatever the fuck. Okay, so Corey Floster was saying that Thelema is Aleister Crowley's made-up religion. Oh. Okay, yeah. that makes some sense. Because I'm like, yeah, I, I got I got a lot of extra research to do after doing the little bit I did. I mean, we didn't want to get too deep Speed on Alistair Crowley because you could do a whole episode on that guy. Oh, I know. I didn't realize Corey knew shit about... Why isn't Corey here? <laughs> he could give us a good rundown, I bet. I think I've seen him in the chat. He says, "Yeah." Okay, jump jump in the chat real quick, Corey, if you can, and you can tell yeah. us. Yeah, like about I'm it. I'm about it because because yeah because I was doing my part in the research and the biggest problem I found doing any amount of research was just that the whole period of time where a lot of the things we'll be discussing are relevant. There's just so much happening, like. That you can't even discuss elements from the period without knowing what the hell was going on in, in, in that part of the world at the time. Like, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I don't want to be too mean towards him, but I was looking into, like, Aleister Crowley, and it sounded like he was doing some some hard drugs and shit like that, and he was kind of, like, of eclectic person. So... There might be a little bit of uh, his personality shining through when he's sort of teaching this. You we know what I mean? have Corey any second. He said okay. Yeah, so... I mean, he has access. He can just jump in. Yeah, 68% of serial murders are okay. Well, damn. Yes. Oh, what's up? Hell yeah! We weren't expecting special forces. Oh, Hello. <laughs> Everyone, welcome to Corey. Hey, what's up, Corey? Hey, what's up? Um, I only know that uh, Eliaster Crowley is uh, Thelema. Okay, okay. Can you tell? Um, do you know anything about part of it? Do you know about chaos magic? Chaos magic is like the modern form of uh, kind of. I think it's the modern form of uh, magic that people can actually do. I guess if they're into that creepy thing. It's not the same as witchcraft, right? I don't know. I never did it before. <laughs> okay. Um, do, do you know? Because I've seen some stuff that 
there was articles written, and I, I think it was the bias, but they were they were saying Aleister Crowley was satanic. So, is was he really a satanic guy, or was that just the bias? Yeah, he the is. Writer? Okay, so he is. A he satanic. is. He tried to pretend he was the Antichrist. Oh, but he died. Okay. Wait, what was he doing to act like or to like? I guess show people he was the. It's Antichrist. complicated because he was chosen by Horus. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't know. That? That's all it says on Wikipedia. Oh, according so, to what okay. I can tell. So, do, do you and maybe to... it comes from uh, maybe the Emerald's uh, tablets. You know, come from actually Elias or Crowley in the first place. So it's actually a myth. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, because I've heard people recently talk about the Emerald tablets of Thoth, or I think it was an Egyptian thing. The yeah. oldest written. And then the four channers are calling it the literal yeah, oldest I, I like screen text ever. I like that conspiracy. I like to find the, more of the Emerald Tablets myself, too. Yeah. Let's tell you, how many do you have? I don't have any. <laughs> uh, he got it. Yeah, it was, from I just what think I could... it's cool to have that in my room for some odd reason. Nice. What I it's could so tell is it was different from witchcraft because it was more of I think chaos magic like more pertained to like perception and like what you believed and that you could essentially like change sort of the fundamentals by changing what you believe to like some extent. Yeah. I'm like, cause my understanding is it's just a second. I I need a, uh, somebody's messaging me. Oh, okay. So so, so I heard a lot of people. You can still talk on just, uh, I thought I was going to watch a movie, but then you said, oh, I should come on the show. So, Yeah. And so I've heard some people say that the whole meme magic going on during like the Trump 2016 campaign was influenced by chaos magic. And there was right. people thinking that a lot of that shit was being pushed by Alexander Dukov. I mean, Dugan, because they were saying that he would fund like opposing like uh, radical political parties and watch them like fight against each other as part of his practice of chaos magic. Yeah, but, but as then far some as people are saying tell. that they can't even verify that he was behind like the whole huh. meme magic thing during like the twenty sixth uh, twenty sixteen election. So, right, I, I'm gonna say I'm like as far as I could tell, looking into the difference between witchcraft and chaos is chaos forms itself around the idea of manifesting reality instead of altering it uh, through some kind of spiritual connection or practice. Yeah, it almost sounds like it's almost tied to the laws of attraction kind of thing as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I'm like, that's why I was like really hoping you had a little more information because I'm like, how is it practiced? I don't get this. Yeah, I don't get it either. <laughs> I only know the magic part, but yeah, that's weird. Uh, hey, Corey, oh. do, you, do you know anything about sigils? What is a sigil? Magic symbol that's used to summon entities or something. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like say- a written spell? Or it's like a power symbol. You know how um, uh, um. Uh, I have it as a some of it on my necklace. I mean, not really pentagrams. No, none of that shit. Okay. I mean, like cool stuff. Like uh, I don't remember what my necklaces were that I had a long time ago, but yeah. Okay. Okay. 
I thought essentially sigils were like the um, little magical symbols that you might inscribe into something to help uh, sort of maybe manifest or channel sort of magic with or like around that. Yeah. Like a, a sigil might be a representation of a certain thought or a certain thing. So something to help reinforce your will. Yeah. I was going to say, I thought sigils yeah. changed in uh, craft. It's like craft having a, a, a spider, because I believe in Zolfalus, yeah. that spider god thing. And uh, um, Zolfalus, if I were to have that, that spider on my neck as a necklace, that's considered as a sigil, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I think, because a lot of uh, with chaos magic and stuff like that has to do with like one's will. And uh, so I think right. a, a sigil that would There's help a lot you of that in comics, like uh, the, the 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 thing about will, the will of Zolfos kind of. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. My comics, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean those are pretty cool. Yeah, if you saw my comic book videos, they're pretty cool. Oh, Lowberry's in the chat. I love Yakub. The Yakub. Yeah. I still have to watch that episode. Um, yeah, you could. Uh, I supposed to watch a movie tonight, but you invited me on the show, but that's all right too yet, I well, guess. You, I mean, if you got like you a movie to go watch, you can to. take off, buddy. We're not going to hold you hostage. I, I, can, I can watch it later if okay. you have any more things to talk about. Yeah, we got more stuff to talk about. So, moving on, okay. we're going to talk about Rasputin. You your show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, you want to start with Yes, Rasputin? I made a video about Rasputin, but it had Elmo in it for some odd reason. <laughs> I was going to say, if you know anything about him, throw stuff in here, because no matter Orthodox what I was doing... Priest. Yeah, I was going to say, no matter what I was moral. doing in the research, the weirdest thing about it... Well, it's not the first time I run into this problem. It's a normal problem at this rate is so much of what he did was just secondhand accounts. Um, there's pretty limited amount of information in regards to just actual documentation. Um, but yeah, he's like infamous for being like a monk slash priest that banged all the fucking czar yeah. imperial bitches. Uh, <laughs> yeah. he had, dude, he had mad riz, bro. He straight up was just getting it. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, but uh, but yeah. Uh, why he was important, though, uh, because of because of his constant presence in the royal court, whispers mm -hmm. grew that Rasputin was acting as a puppet master over the royal couple. <coughs> Alexandra, wow. <coughs> oh my God, Alexandra's growing dependence on Rasputin and his apparent healing abilities um, with her hemophilic son also exasperated these rumors. Occasionally, the monk mm -hmm. did offer military advice as well as medical help, but his ideas never proved beneficial to the Russian army or Tsar Nicholas. Uh, in fact, after Tsar Nicholas took personal control over his armies on August mm -hmm. 23rd, 1915, under the advice of Rasputin and the uh, Tsarina Alexandria, uh, the Tsar became the target of blame for Russia's battlefield defeats because uh uh this putin was a Rasputin war criminal shit. i think uh 
Okay. Probably. I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think yeah. they had war crimes back then. <clears throat> that was oh, just the rules of engagement. I can live in those days. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, that was another thing, too. Like, I was, I remember one time I was reading about him and, uh, like, a lot of people, because, I mean, back then they didn't know any better, but, um, they're, you know, the son, like you said, the, the $5 word for it, but basically when he got cut, he just wouldn't stop bleeding. That dude had, like, no platelets. Yeah, hemophilia. And, uh, right, yeah. that's why he yeah. said he's immortal. Yeah, well, no, and the kid. Yeah, the kid had. No, like, no, he's saying Rasputin's immortal because Rasputin was very hard to kill. Oh, yeah. he was, but I'm I'm saying it's like it one of the difficult. things that he, one of the things that he did for the kid, and I don't think no. he knew what he was doing. He just did this. Was the, I forgot, but it, it was like some sort of Tylenol or aspirin, or whatever, like some equivalent. Yeah, of that is what he the kept kid telling him to refuse doctor's orders because they kept giving him aspirin, which is a uh, blood thinner. A blood, yeah, and that helped him, and so they were like, oh, he's some magic killer or something. Like, the dude was probably just talking out of his ass, and, like, he got lucky with that. You know what I mean? No, but, uh, yeah, so oh. I did my research, and I broke down all the sterile information in the chronicle, chronological order that I could find about him. Um, <clears throat> so, Gregory Yefimovic Rasputin was born January 21st, 1869. He came from a family of peasants in the Siberian village of Pokrovskoy, whatever. His parents had several other children, all of whom died in infancy and early childhood. It is unclear that his parents had nine children, but uh, if they did, it would have, uh, the, the, the last child would have been Theodosia, According to historians, um, Joseph T. Herman, uh, Rasputin was was close to, yeah, yeah, that particular historian. He's some sort of fucking expert. Said that Rasputin was close to Theodosia and was a godfather of her children. I think later in his life, she's seen as his mistress. Um, Rasputin's youth and early childhood are unknown because of a lack of information sources about it, though the lack of reliable sources and information did not stop people from fabricating stories um, about him and his parents. In 1886, Rasputin traveled to Abalak, I think I said that right, Abalak, where he met a girl named uh, Praskova uh, Dodrovina uh they married in February 1887. They eventually had seven children. Only three survived to adulthood. In 1897, Rasputin goes to a religious goes on a religious pilgrimage for reasons that are not known. He went to Holy Zanameski Monastery at Abala and the Saint Nicholas Monastery in Verkostu. I cannot say these names. He went several months for you. Go ahead. Keep going. At Volkostura. I hope I'm pissing off every Russian. Yeah. Uh, he claimed <laughs> I tried that to some get of a the Russian monks... friend on, but he didn't respond. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he claimed that some of the monks there engaged in homosexuality and criticized <gasps> the Masonic <gasps> life uh, uh, as being too <gasps> coercive. After leaving there. He became a vegetarian, swore off alcohol, and prayed observantly. Oh. 
Dude, he, he spent also time... why Rasputin? He right? spent time with he spent time with a bunch of gays, and he said, "I'm never eating meat again." That's pretty right? sus. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, yeah, I I can understand. Oh, no, I, oh, I never knew that. <laughs> After all that, There's he was considered a stanik or stanik or, or stranik. Uh, a holy wanderer, pilgrim, or, or pilgrimage, or cool it uh, with the anti-Semitic remarks. Right? <laughs> Early in the 1900s, he has a small circle of followers, mostly family, and builds a makeshift chapel and a root cellar, living in his father's household at the time. And the local priests and villagers are hostile toward his group because they believe he was practicing their religion, uh, the religion of. Uh, Calisti? Um, it's a religious sect mm-hmm. of aesthetic rituals, uh, astractic uh, rituals rumored to include self-flagellation and sexual orgies. However, repeated investigations of this claim failed to establish that Rasputin was ever a member of Calisti. So if he was, he was doing it rogue. Uh, in 1904 or 05, he traveled to the city of Kazan. At this point, he had a reputation as a staretz, which is some kind of, uh, I think, whatever their version is of a wandering, uh, another monk word, a religious wise man who could solve spiritual problems. Like I said, I think they're seen as a monk that can yeah, or remedy or spiritual like problems. Yeah. Either. Yeah, the equivalent to it. Uh, It was rumored that Rasputin was having sex with female followers. While in Kazan, he met with uh, uh, Archimedrite Andri and Bishop Christothenos, who gave him a letter of recommendation to Bishop Sergei, um the rector of the theological seminary of the Alexander Nevsky Monastery and arranged for him to travel to St. Petersburg. Archimedrite Theophan inspe- uh, Theophan yeah, I'm like I'm, I'm, I'm have, you, have you tried I should stop trying with these words. <laughs> Hold on, have you tried increasing the font? Maybe if you do oh, that. It's not a font thing this time. Amazing. Uh, inspector of this the theological seminary was so impressed with Rasputin that he invited him to stay in his home. Through befriending Theonoff, Theophan, whatever, Rasputin gained access to the salons. And the salons are uh, a literary philosophical meeting place commonly patronized by the aristocracy at the time. Uh, special places that mm-hmm. they called salons. Rasputin made himself interesting to the aristocrats um and were primarily and they were primarily curious about um theosophy and the occult by 1905 rasputin had formed friendships with the black princesses uh melissa and anastasia of montenegro rasputin first met Tsar Nicholas II on November 1st, 1905 at the Peterhof Palace. Rasputin meets Tsar Nicholas II on the 18th of July and again in October or November, one of the two months. When he first met their children, 
at, uh, and at some point, Nicholas becomes um, convinced that Rasputin is pos- is possessed by miraculous powers uh, because he heals the sun, um, uh, which is Zaz- Zarevek, I guess, I guess is the title, Zarevek. Amazing. Alexei Nikolaevich, who had halophemia. Um, yeah, right now, it's that. 1906, November, Rasputin visited Baratinsky family of, Z- of Kazan and told them he could read people's minds. In December of 06, Rasputin had become close enough to ask for special favors from the Tsar, um, and he changes his surname to Rasputin Novia or Novie, uh, which literally means uh, Rasputin knew. So I guess to embody he, the idea re- that he's born or something, something like that. Um, nineteen oh seven. On several occasions, Rasputin stopped Alexei's pain and stopped his bleeding as well. In the spring of oh seven, he was summoned by Alexandra to pray for Alexei when he had an internal hemorrhage, and Alexei recovered the next morning. Well, I gotta go. <laughs> oh. Later, Klaus. Okay, later, Corey. Take thanks, it easy. Thanks for visiting. What? Yeah, dude, it was fun. It You're was welcome. fun talking with you. Oh. Yeah. Let's see. So, what? then... There goes my hero. Right. And then, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, she basically... Request that he pray for him, and the following day, dude gets better. So, at which point, Rasputin is introduced to the children of Alexei's family, um, and begins visiting them. Um, the local clergy of Pokrovskoy, whatever, denounced Rasputin as a heretic, and the bishop of Tobolsk launched an inquest into his activities, accusing him of spreading false uh clist like doctrines uh prime minister peter still stolopin and the okrana uh the bizarre secret police as what they what that is the okrana um investigate his activities uh nothing is really revealed so well that means like they didn't actually do it or they lied or what um in 1909 Oh, more of these words. Cahionia uh, <laughs> Berlatskaya, one of Rasputin's early early supporters, accused him of rape. Uh, rumors circulate that Rasputin had sexually assaulted female followers and behaved inappropriately oh, on visits with the imperial family, in particular with Nicholas's teenage daughters, Olga and Tatiana. Hey, names I can say. Right. Um, in 1910, Grand Duchess Zenia Alexandrovna discovers these visits that are taking place candidly in the nursery, uh, uh, the royal nursery, uh, to, to the kids of Alexei. And uh, she's totally fucking outraged. Um, and uh, she decides, you know, because she's fucking pissed off. Um that uh, 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 what is it, Maria Ivanovna Kishna, whatever, um, 
the nursery governess, that's a thing apparently, uh, claims that she was raped by Rasputin, but the governess um, has her claims immediately investigated, um, and, and nothing is found immediately anyway. Uh, 1911, Illidor, a priest who had supported Rasputin, denounces Rasputin over his alleged sexual escapades. In turn, Illidor was banished from St. Petersburg and was ultimately defrocked. That is right. Taken, has his whole religious title taken away from him and stuff. 1912, Alexei developed a hemorrhage in his thigh and groin after a jolting carriage ride. Alexandra has a telegram sent to Rasputin requesting he pray for Alexei. Rasputin sends a telegram back acknowledging the request. And the following day, the bleeding stops. Alexandra concluded that Rasputin was essential to Alexei's survival. Rasputin stopped Alexei's bleeding on other occasions through hypnosis, they say. Uh, and it's fair to point out that I think the dude was actually trained in hypnosis. Um, 1913, it was discovered uh, Vishnikova the nursery governess was having an affair with a Cossack of the Imperial Guard. She was dismissed. Rumors began to circulate that Rasputin was, had seduced Alexandra and her four grand duchesses. Pornographic cartoons also circulated that depicted Rasputin having sexual relationships with the Tsarina and her four daughters. Nicholas ordered Rasputin to leave St. Petersburg, and Rasputin went on a pilgrimage to Palestine. I did not stop to look up pictures of these cartoons, but if you can find them, that'd be cool shit. Yeah, I, I kind of want to look, look like, like uh, compare these to anime fan fiction, you know? Right? <laughs> 1914, 2nd of July, a 33-year-old peasant woman named... Chionya Gustava attempted to assassinate Rasputin by stabbing him in the stomach outside his home. Um, Gustava was the follow was a was a follower of Illidor and was found to be not responsible for her actions by reason of insanity. Illidor fled the country before he could be taken into uh, taken in by authorities to be questioned. And 1916, a group of nobles led by Parishkovic, <clears throat> Grand Duke Dmitry Pavlovic, and Prince Felix Yosopov discovered or decided that Rasputin's influence over Alexandra threatened the royal or the Russian Empire and conspired to kill him. The 30th of December. I think the 18th in the old calendar time. Uh, uh, it, they they decide they're going to fucking kill him. The 30th of December uh, at the home of Prince Yosupov, <clears throat> Rasputin died uh, of three gunshot wounds. Rasputin's body was found in the Malaya Nevka River under the river ice on the 1st of January. The 2nd of January, Rasputin was buried. The funeral was attended 
only by the Imperial family and a few of their closest relations. Rasputin's wife, mistress, and children were not invited. In 1917, uh, March, Rasputin's body was exhumed and burned by a detachment of soldiers after Nicholas uh, abdicated the throne. All right, and I have this one little quip. Uh, according to um, Yusupov's account of the events of his assassination, um, this is the story that he told to authorities uh, as a matter of record. <clears throat> Not word for word, I guess it's abridged because it's fucking English here. According to Yusupov's account, Rasputin was uh, invited to his palace shortly after midnight and ushered into the basement. Yusupov offered tea and cakes, which had been laced with cyanide. <clears throat> after initially refusing the cakes, Rasputin began to eat them. And to uh, Yusupov's surprise, appeared completely unaffected by the poison. Rasputin then asked for some Madeira wine, uh, which was also laced with poison, and drank three fucking glasses, but still showed no signs of distress, like like he had fucking drank nothing. Oh, he had a super liver. <laughs> right? I'm like, at around 2.30 a.m., Yusupov executes him, uh, executed himself uh, uh, or excused himself to go up the stairs, not executed himself, uh, and and decides, uh, you know, what the fuck am I going to do do about this? Whereas follow because cons- his fellow conspirators were waiting, you know, I'm like, uh, he took a revolver from Pavlovich, who was also there, you know, like they're all upstairs waiting. I'm like, then returned to the basement and told Rasputin that he'd better look at the crucifix and say a prayer. Referring to the crucifix in the room, then shot him once in the chest. All right, so the band of conspirators then drove to Rasputin's apartment. With Sakadin waiting, uh, wearing Rasputin's coat and hat in an attempt to make it look as though Rasputin had returned home that night. Upon returning to the palace... Um, Yusupov went back to the basement to ensure that Rasputin was dead. Suddenly, Rasputin leaped up and attacked <laughs> Yusupov, who freed himself uh, with some effort and fled upstairs. Rasputin followed him up the, 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 the stairs, chasing him out into the palace courtyard, where he was shot again, this time by Parishkovic. He collapsed into a snowbank. The the conspiracy posse here then wrapped his body in cloth, drove it to the Petrosky Bridge, and dropped it in the Balea Nevka River. Allegedly, Grand Duchess Tatiana, who was earlier alleged to have been raped by Rasputin, was present at the site when he was fucking shot at the courtyard um, uh, and disgusted uh, with Rasputin or whatever. Like the story goes that she fucking like took off his genitals or whatever. Yeah. Cause um, I've heard a rumor that they're supposedly on display in a museum, like in a jar. 
Hey, yo, bro, seven bucks, you can see Rasputin balls. Right? Uh, yeah, uh, like, uh, so, um, and as far as I can tell with the accounts to this, there's a shot to his face that isn't accounted for in the retelling of, in the telling of the story. Um, at least according to the detective that had to, um, um, make this a matter of record, the discovery of his body, his genitals were still intact. Um, so there's a lot happening here. I, I, I don't know how many different versions of the story there are, but there are quite a few. Um, probably still alive then. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm surprise like, me if he's still alive. But dude, if you go look up this guy's shit, like there ain't a fucking person in fucking Russia he didn't have sex with. Like, at least according to rumor, it's fucking insane. So you can run and tell that, homeboy. And the funniest shit ever is like he's generally like like recounted as having like terrible hygiene too. So I don't know what this dirty fucking guy is doing banging every hot piece of ass there is in Russia. He just had but, the right! I guess, right? I'm like, and that's <laughs> my breakdown of him. He never washed the pheromones off. He drank three glasses of poison. And was like, mm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost like the Princess Bride. Were like, I got, I gave myself an immunity to ice exactly... powder by taking it every day. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of when I was reading this. He drinks a glass of cyanide. He's like, thanks, I was parched. <laughs> yeah, so so the guy we're gonna talk about, you know, Alexander. Gelievich Dugan, so they're calling this guy like Putin's personal Rasputin, so he's being compared to Rasputin, you know, they're calling him the chaos wizard of Russia, so he was born uh, 7th of January 1962, uh, and he's a Russian political philosopher known for his uh, views widely characterized as neo-fascist, so born into a military intelligence family, Dugan was an anti-communist dissident during the 1980s. Following the dissolution of the Soviet Union, Dugan co-founded the National Bolshevik Party with Edward Leninov. So a party which espoused National Bolshevism, which he later accent. left in 1997. He published The Foundations of Geopolitics, which he outlined his worldview, calling for Russia to rebuild its influence through alliances and conquests to challenge the rival Atlanticist empire led by the United States. So he continued to further develop his ideology into Neo-Eurasianism, founding the uh, Eurasia Party in 2002, and writing further books, including The Fourth Political Ideology Theory in uh, 2009. Oh, I got a flag of them. Let me put it up real quick. Ooh. And that's, that's the sigil he uses. So, uh, Dugan has also served as an advisor to the chairman of the state, Duma Gennady Solisinov, as an advisor to the chairman of the state, Duma Sergei Nirkshin. He said the head of the Department of Sociology and International Relations at Moscow State University from 2009 to 2014. So, losing the position due to backlash over comments regarding clashes in the Ukraine, Dugan also briefly served as the chief editor of the pro-Kremlin Stalinist Orthodox Channel Sarigar uh, TV when it launched in 2015. As of 2019, Dugan been assigned as a senior fellow at the Fudin University. So his 
influence on the Russian government and pre- uh, President Vladimir Putin is disputed. So he has no official ties to the Kremlin, but it's often referred to in the media as, you know, he's Putin's brain and wizard and even his Rasputin. So, you know, although others yeah. say his influence is exaggerated. So he was born in Moscow to a family of a colonel general in the Soviet military intelligence and candidate of law. Uh, Gilele Exodornovich Dugan and his wife Galina, so a doctor and a candidate of medicine. So his father left the family when he was three, but ensured that they had a good standard to live in and helped Dugan out of trouble with the authorities on occasion. So he was transferred to custom services due to his son's behavior in 1983. He was actually demoted, so because of his son's behavior. Um, in 1979, Alexander entered the Moscow Aviation Institute, which he was expelled without a degree, either because of low academic mm. achievement or dissonant activities, because he had interest in various neo-Nazi ideas. He had a fascination with the Third Reich well, at an early age, and he uh, was nurturing his interest in the bohemian occult science fiction scene, which he had entered in his late teens. So afterwards, he began working as a street cleaner. He used a forged reader's card to access the Lenin Library and continued studying. However, other sources claim he had instead started working as a, in a KGB archive, where he had access to banned literature on masonry, fascism, and paganism. Ooh. So in 1980, he had joined the Yuzinski Circle, an avant-garde dissident group which dabbled in Satanism, esoteric Nazism, and other forms of the occult. In the group, he was known for to embrace the Nazism that he attributes as a rebellion against his Soviet raising. As opposed to a genuine sympathy for Hitler, he adopted an alter ego with the name Hans Sievers as a reference to Wolfram Sievers, a Nazi researcher of the paranormal. So studying by himself, he learned to speak Italian, German, French, English, and Spanish. He was influenced by René Guénon by the traditional school. In uh, the V.I. Lenin State uh, Library, he discovered writings of Julius Evola, whose pagan imperialism had translated into Russian. So in the 1980s, like, because he was a dissident and anti-communist, he worked as a journalist before becoming involved in politics just before the fall of communism in 1988. He and his friend uh, Gedor Jamal joined the ultra-nationalist and anti-Semitic group Pamyat, uh, so that means uh, memory in English, and he began to wear a black hey, shirt, leather belt, shoulder strap, and the garb of the Black Hundred, a patriotic czarist movement of the early 20th century. And this group would later give rise to Russian fascism for a brief period at the beginning of the 1990s. And he was close to Gennady Zuganov. So the leader of the newly formed Communist Party, the Russia Federation, probably had a role to formulate its nationalist communist ideology. So in 1993, he co-founded together with Edward Limonov, the National Bolshevik Party, whose nationalistic interpretation of Bolshevism was based on the ideas of Ernest Nikish, and he left the party in 1988 following a dispute with Limonov. So he was uh, baptized at the age of six in the Russian Orthodox Church in Michurinsk by his great-grandmother Elena Nikolaynova Karchetleva. So in 1999, he formally embraced a branch of the Old Believers, a Russian religious movement which rejected the 1652, the the 1666 reforms of the official Russian Orthodox Church. So his Eurasian philosophy owes much to this traditional integralism. And such it resonates with the neo-paganism, a category which the context means the movement of Slavic native faith, which is called Volodnovori. So 
especially in the forms of Anastasiasm and Ingolism, which are the indigenous Russian <laughs> pagan beliefs. So he's like mixing all this stuff up, like it, as a, you know, foundation of uh, spiritual beliefs. So in 1995, he tried to enter big politics and ran for the state Duma in the northwestern district number uh, 210, which was St. Petersburg. So with the support of Sergei Kurokyokin and Yuri Nezvorov, the radical left group Workers' Struggle, moreover such an attempt to become a respectable politician, was accompanied by a rather strange ritual. So during the election uh, campaign, Dugan used the legacy of the famous occultist, black magician, and Satanist Head of the Order of the Oriental Templars from 1922 to 1947, Aleister Crowley. So at the pre-election concert for young people, the National Bolsheviks from this team of uh, red excerpts from uh, the Book of Law by Aleister Crowley interspaced with a performance of Soviet patriotic songs. And here the actors, with the help of puppets, presented episodes from Sexual Magic of the Order of the Golden Dawn, where Crowley <laughs> began his satanic practice. At the same time, the neo-fascist magazine Elements, the, the thematic issue of erotism, Dugan promoted Crowley's sexual magic and tantric sexual practices of the left hand. But as always, the black magic did not help, and he was not elected to the deputies. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Wait, so he, like, legitimately made puppet porn? Yes. That's uh, and I love so this. so the network had video of these years where he uh, together with Limonov participates in a concert called the Kuro Kitchen for Dugan. So here's like a local newspaper describing that concert. So uh, Limonov and Dugan, of course, in themselves are pure politics, but at the time of their role, the concert was rather close to the function of mystagogues. So Chairman Limonov read out a list of names of angels who remained in heaven and descended from there. Uh, Dugan uttered some mysterious spells in French and Russian related to the number 418. The puppet theater played an episode from the sexual magic Golden Dawn in a huge wheel instead of a squirrel, and an executioner dressed in a puppet clan suit uh, ran, and people tied to burning crosses rotated describing uh, fiery swastikas. Necrorealists showed the tricks of turning a man into a goat and a striptease of a naval officer also the wildest slideshow, and then dressed in costumes of lunatics, the artist of the Kostroma group carried out a platform, the Whore of Babylon, who was wearing a poisonous nylon outfit of the 60s. So I don't know what they mean by poisonous nylon. Maybe it's like a toxic plastic or something, you know, because I don't, I don't think that's translating well into English. Dude, your shirt is poisonous. You can just <laughs> tackle people and they die. So the concert I, organized for Dugan itself can be assessed videos. as a black mass. The uh, participants in the concert did not hide it, and they honored the memory of the black magician and Satanist Crowley at it. So Dugan's interest in Aleister Crowley was not an accident. So back in 1993, he met in Moscow with uh, Christian Boucher, who was the head of the French branch of the Order of the Oriental Templars. So so for the Dukenist uh, far-right praxis, the beginning with the choice of symbology, you know, he's got this Eurasian flag of eight white or yellow thunderbolts or arrows shaped in a radi radial pattern behind a black background. So the symbol of itself is alternately referred to as chaos magic or the wheel of chaos, the symbol of chaos, arms of chaos, arrows of chaos, the chaos star, the chaos cross, the chaos sphere, the symbol of eight. So that's what we see like in the background of that black flag. And it's somewhat reminiscent of the Thule Society when then Hitler's own appropriation of the swastika. 
So from the writings of the Theophilosophical Society founder H.P. Blavatsky in 1891, Dugan derived his design from the popularization. It was made by Western Chaos Magic during the 1970s through 80s, who themselves appropriated it from the work of the British science fiction and fantasy novel by Michael Moorcock. So, so like, this guy was nothing like what I thought he was going to be. I actually mistaked him from someone else, and I got a little assert. So this might be, like, a future deep dive. So there's a guy that the student Brazil off a of 4chan was claiming that Putin was worshipped Tengri, uh, and practices Siberian shamanism. And the claim is made that the Kremlin boss had taken part in bizarre and secret shamanistic ritual with the defense minister Sergei Shoigu. So uh, the defense minister, it was considered a discreet alkalite of shamanistic practices. The uh, inhabitants of Tuva declared the incantation of the Subutai. So he's known as Subutai the Swift, if you're into that stuff uh, in history. Yeah. So one of the most effective military leaders of the Mongol Empire, Subutai's exploits included a victory battle of the Kalka River in which, uh, you know, began the collapse of the Kivian state. So Putin, like, spent his vacations at Altai, mainly in the Republic of Tuva. And so the Russian researchers claimed that Putin had become interested in the Altai mysticism in the 2014, and the president had already visited many sacred sites to this religion, and when the war broke out, unrest broke out, and he found a point of strength within the Altai. So according to Altai Biliak, when the change begins and the unrest rises, the ruler must return to the source of the river of life. He is actively told that the Altai is the common root of the Slavs and the Turks, and that this place of power uh, may be an assembly point for Russia. So the Tuvan shamans insist that the northern entrance of Shambhala is uh, in the Republic near the ruined fortress of Porbashin. So in 2007, Sergei Shogoy organized an archaeological expedition there and convinced Putin that this was the entrance to Shambhala. And Ooh. Putin was received uh, the sacred sutras of the uh, psychophysical doctrine of the Shaolin Kung Fu as a gift from Abbot Shi Yongxing. And Shi Yongxing introduced the president of the Russian Federation to one of the Wushu masters named Shi Yun Shao, and he said that this experienced master was able to use Qi Gong as a powerful means of self-defense of fighting back the enemy. So yeah. you know this this whole defense minister guy, we might have to look into this guy and this uh, this uh, ancient Russian shamanistic beliefs because it sounds like good information. So much for unraveling like a, yeah. to do. Yeah. So um, we do have. A training video for our blast to the past segment and since uh there is cool. a missing submarine we're gonna watch a video on submarines <laughs> so let, let me share this with you guys so you can see it coming around the bend it's lots and lots of trains <laughs> i just hope it's the right kind of train uh, okay. <laughs> no, we're not going to show anything degenerate like. And is anyone else like me? It's like their only real reason for knowing the chaos symbol—the fact they like learned about Warhammer as a kid. Well, I used to see a bunch of skater guys using it before I learned about Warhammer. Uh, yeah, I've probably seen it on graffiti, but I mean, like, I didn't know what it was until you know what I mean. You guys see this? Yeah, and then go into dark mode. Yeah, let's get the guns out. Yeah. 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 The guns are in the hole. 
Yeah, dude. This Take her down. Okay. He's nearly ready. The finest It's like a cartoon of all them hopping in the scene. Powered by nuclear engines, packed with electronic gear worth millions. Manned I mean, by the most carefully selected this, crew in submarine If history. we don't know what the ship identifies as, did he just commit a hate crime? That was our he just called the ship a she? A she? She's, uh, the ships now are always there was a she. A miracle. At first, we weren't quite sure when <laughs> Cause they're wet and I'm that we'd ever see her again. Oh! oh. Crew was. oh. oh. With the diving gear, Everything reminds me of her. That showed the Germans <laughs> they had no monopoly on submarine construction. In 1917, the submarine force was battling public opinion as well as the enemy. Folks thought okay. submarines were unchivalrous, that war under the sea was unfair and inhuman. But we kept on working. If we paid much attention to these emotional protests, war on anything besides foot or horseback unchivalrous? And the long-range by definition that made up our small submarine force in 1941. When all the training of 25 peaceful years was It's war. There's no cheating in war. It's just winning. The small submarine force based at Pearl Harbor was not attacked, a mistake that soon had the Japanese wishing they had been a little more thorough. Yeah, put it in there. For during put the next in. three and a half years, American submarines proceeded to wreck the Japanese dream of empire. Legalize nuclear bombs. Cut the supply lines. Sink the ships. You know why this worked? They're not, they weren't using exports before this. <laughs> True. I couldn't believe that. When I saw that that dumb little fucking submarine had one, I, I thought people were exaggerating. It we had did. torpedo troubles too, but eventually solved them. We developed an electric weightless torpedo that proved almost undetectable on its way to the target. Weightless? I don't think the submarines became more efficient, quieter, stronger, deeper diving, and were fitted with better radar and sonar. During training, the crews had been welded into perfectly synchronized teams. In combat, they proved to be fighting units second to none. They sank 1178 Japanese merchant ships. So they were unarmed. 14 Japanese combat vessels. Yeah, Two thirds of their merchant fleet. That's my favorite kind of people to fight. One third of their navy. Why is Japanese speaking English? This doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's a plot by them. Yeah. 288 American submarine crews had carried out the assignment, That's... cut the supply line, you know that who's... beard. Did you see that beard? You were allowed to do that back then. They, are drawn they, they, by the they should let men join the military again. Look at what they took from us. Seriously, though. So, so this is a lie. The best food came from carriers, not submarine force. Yeah, the junior officer welcomes responsibilities usually reserved for his seniors including the possibility of early command. Applicants are screened 
three times. First, for physical fitness, including 20-20 vision. I'm sure these are being Then, today. for intelligence and fast reaction time. The lives of 80 men may depend on the quick and proper closing of a hatch or valve. There's no room go. for fast. a mistake. This guy's mean it. The third screening Shit, is by Navy psychologists for social adaptability. The easygoing, oh steady sailor fits best into the crowded conditions peculiar to submarine to operations. These ones yeah, these guys are all elbow to elbow, Only man. one out of five tight. applicants yeah, qualifies for the submarine school at New London. Unlike her. During oh. the two months enlisted course, and yeah, the I don't think these schools are around because I think it's all rotten connected. Each man must acquire a working knowledge oh. of each department of the submarine. The men study communications. In engineering classes, they become familiar with both the diesel and the battery propulsion eh. system. You know, it's good for me. They learn to load and fire torpedoes. They study damage control and how to save a crippled ship. They still teach They learn how to dive their submarine to take her down in less than a minute. Here is a cross-section of a submarine about midships with the U-shaped ballast tanks around the inner pressure hull. The tanks are open to the sea, but do not fill with water because they are full of air. To submerge, the air vents at the top of the tanks are opened, releasing the air and permitting water to rush in at the bottom, and the submarine submerges. Surfacing reverses the process. The tank vents are closed and compressed air is let in at That's the cool. top. This forces the water out and lightens the submarine so that it's... Yeah, I was saying, I'm like, I didn't know it was banded under the belly and across like that. I'm the like, I'm learning some things. Yeah. <laughs> With the vents at the top and all that, I'm like, it's like... Cool. Yeah, it's Log means it's not gonna fail. Yeah, really nice it. Well. even in Battlestar Galactica, they had to switch to analog for their starship to avoid getting fucked by the Cylons. Just saying. The green lights on the board show that all hull openings are closed. A slight air pressure has been built up in the boat as a double check. One five zero feet. One five zero feet, aye. One five zero feet. One five zero feet. Ten degree down, Angus. Ten degree down. Low negative to the mark. I saw that subtle Roman salute. The diving officer is sitting with a wedding ring. So he can level off at one five zero feet. No more. Yeah. If I can't remember the chick that I fucked, I ain't going to war. What if you're not supposed to That guy's response is my response. Talk to the hand. Oh. <laughs> I remember in my woman. At the school, the student has another type of test. An ascent through 100 Life is hard and cruel, but boobs are soft. Luscious. <laughs> See, they should have made the, the, the crew and the tiny sub do this. You know? The submariner is ordered to his new home. A boat, yeah. Not a ship to the men. Well, they're probably so deep, there's no fucking way they begins. would. Yeah, they would probably just. Well, breathing that compressed air, you're supposed to What type of duty does the new submariner to, uh, draw? 
constantly a radar picket boat like the spinning. Don't Her job is a lonely station far off the American the, coast, the, the maintaining air. a round-the-clock watch it's for like surprise It's like mixed with a certain amount of detection gear never rests. Yep. Her job is never done. Yep. Perhaps he will go to a yeah, I'm gonna say I'm like if he will learn during the maneuvers the capabilities of this newest weapon of the Navy. The new submariner may be ordered to a hunter-killer. This new submarine class is specially designed to meet the threat of an enemy undersea fleet. So Probing that class doesn't really exist gear, anymore. They're just the called fast attack subs and, and destroy the enemy submarines in its own element. Okay, boomer. What were the classes? He's going to show the deep water sailor may take oh. an active part in tests oh. of hull construction and endurance strength. The submariner may go to a troop-carrying submarine, like the Perch. Oh. She carries a hangar on her deck for amphibious boats, or a helicopter for reconnaissance. Except for they use the helicopter for replenishments. Because, like, well, do they dive with have... the helicopter on the, no, on the ship? I was going to say, if you have Inside, the frame one like that, I guess you could. with extra bunks for underwater demolition teams or reconnaissance parties. Helicopter should be doing both, you know, get... Get all you can for Perch your money, and others of as they say. Are especially hey, steal all the women and bring them back. So these underwater demolition teams, this is like the precursor to the, the SEALs. Perch participated in a commando raid yep. during the Korean War. SEAL sounds much better than frog. I'm an elite fighter. Okay, cool. What's your name, frog? Why don't frog they call him... I mean, I mean it is the will of Keck. You know, these are... True. Oh, I didn't. Players. I didn't think of it that way. You're right. You're right. Everything makes perfect sense now. It it all comes together. Yes. Keck and Chaos magic is real. With only one casualty, the commandos were soon back on board the waiting submarine to make I their report one. and head for home. Since the war, the sturdy fleet submarine has acquired a new look. She's been streamlined, the deck gun removed, and her deck gear housed in a sleek superstructure. Many submarines have been equipped with the snorkel, an air intake and exhaust device, which permits the submarine to run on her diesels and recharge her batteries without surfacing. Yes, there have been many developments in the ever-changing design and structure of the underwater arm of the Navy. The development uh, of the atomic bomb brought new oh, okay. problems and challenges to the Navy. Submarines. Most immediate of these was the harnessing of this tremendous power to a ship's propulsion system. The climax of nine years of atomic engineering came in January of 1954 with the launching of the nuclear submarine Nautilus. They always ask about oh, within yeah, the smooth yeah, cylinder of her hull is housed really? the most amazing yeah, machinery in the world, the an atomic reactor like an capable answer. of generating propulsive power. She needs no batteries or diesel engines. She is equipped with gear for purifying and reusing air, making her nearly independent of the surface. The time she can remain submerged is if limited I, only still by good. her food storage capacity and her crew's endurance. Ooh. Shut up, Boomer. Shut the fuck up. Speakers at the launching <laughs> ceremony included the chief of naval operations who predicted a brilliant future for this boat. As a sailor, 
I recognize this ship as the beginning of a new chapter in the history of sea power. Sure you do. Boomers don't have rights. Then the president's lady sent her down the way. It's usually the daughter of the president who gets the christen the ship unless like they have a hierarchy and then depending on who they they name the ship after, it might be like one of the oldest female descendants that get to christen the ship. Uh I wonder how the tradition stands in the current uh, setting. And so a new era arrived. The era of atomic propulsion. With the commissioning ceremonies, the Nautilus officially became the first nuclear-powered vessel of the United States Navy, or for that matter, of any navy. But to the men of the silent America surf, first. the men who go down to the sea and under it, right. she is more than a America new era. She is yeah. their boat. She is Nautilus, queen of the seas. And she and her sisters will keep those seas safe for freedom. For freedom. So that brings the end of our episode. He's literally me, bro. Do you got anything you want to shill? I want to shill? Yeah, you got uh, anything you want to advertise. Yeah, so I have a uh, a charity. Actually, now that you mention it, I have a charity live a twenty four hour charity live stream oh, that I'm stream that I'm streaming to my page. Um, hold on, I have where are you at? But I have the exact date here. Give me a sec. You think I would memorize the date? But uh, anyways, the fourteenth at eight p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, it'll be that's when it starts. It's going to be a twenty four hour charity live stream. Basically, you're, there's going to be a link that you can click where you donate through a place called uh, Extra Life, I think it's called, and all the money goes directly to um, Galisano Children's Hospital for like sick kids with cancer and shit. It's in Rochester, New York, and so uh, I do have that coming up. That's on the 14th. It starts at 8 p.m. We're doing all sorts of games that like people can join into. So like, if you donate or you share like the stream, you can join in with me. And we're doing like um, like Jackbox, Among Us, the new Starship Troopers game, uh, like Call of Duty. So like people can join in, and we're gonna like we're gonna be fun as hell. Uh, we're gonna be cancer as hell on Call of Duty, and our our motto is gonna be uh, "Be cancer to beat cancer." So nice. it's just gonna be yeah, dude. It's gonna be fun as hell. Blast, Where are you streaming on? So I'm streaming it to my uh, my Facebook page. Oh okay. All right. Yeah, I'm just gonna live stream it there, and I'm gonna have the. Uh, the link in the comments and i'll be able to like uh once i have the uh, i'll have the um donation link set up by then and i'll be able to see like okay the you know this is how much we raised the the goal is a thousand dollars so we're gonna see what we can get and okay. we look you up on facebook uh using he's literally me bro yep. he's literally me bro yeah all right van do you got anything you want to show uh, yeah, I started a new stream with uh, my buddy Hyromatic. Uh, if you go to my YouTube channel, we watch videos and uh, just comment on them. Uh, last week we watched this woman getting pulled over. It was fucking hilarious because she was drunk as fuck and basically just insinuating to the cop that she wasn't that drunk. 
So you can imagine the hilarity that that comes with. Uh, shout outs to the chat Luke, Lucas Hardar, Atreus, Baca Brody, The Library, Rhino Cannibal, Unique Niche Meme Page, Wizard Memes and Lore, Born Yahoo, and the always great Corey Fluxstra. Look at him. Looks like a rock star. He's the type of guy who walks into his room and his dick's already been there for two minutes. You know, he's a stud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I do want to give, like, a nice shout-out, too, because the chat's been, like, uh, you know, the chat's been really, uh, like, it's been really great. It's been full of great people that were, like, interacting the whole time, and that's just awesome, dude. That made it all that much better. Yeah, so I don't know when our next uh, stream's going to be. My house won't be ready until next Saturday. I'm not going to be able to make the Roswell UFO Festival, so, because I'll be busy moving in and shit. So maybe next year I can do it and get some live interviews with some of the people that will be out there. Um, I don't know when we'll be back on the air for our next episode, so stay tuned. We'll try to keep you updated. You know, I don't know what my work schedule's not, so we might maintain the Wednesday night slot, but it might be a later night show, or we might just go back to Saturday night. So stay tuned. I'll Shill the Petroglyph you. Press. Okay, okay, Beard Juice. Uh, shill your newspaper. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, check out the Petroglyph Press. We're reimagining fake news. Making fake news fake again. Go over Basically. to Facebook and look it up. I have a link there to the Rumble and the Discord. So just check it out. It's for funsies. It's, it's kind of like a like Babylon B, but it's our Babylon B. Well, it's more like the Weekly World News. Because uh, it's just totally made up instead of satire. I thought the Weekly World News is a reputable newspaper, according to Men in Black. Shh. That's a secret. <laughs> and with that, I will be signing off. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I hope everybody has a great night. This was a this was a pleasure. I hope to hope to do many podcasts with many people in the future. Amen. We enjoyed pleasuring you. <laughs>